Welcome back to Jamie D and Big Newt. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He is Big Chris Newton, and we come at you every week talking all things Buffalo Bills. And I know you guys can't see it right now. All you listeners have to understand that even I can't see it right now because we're not sitting in the same place, but I know the look that is on Big Newt's face right now, and that is the look that you only get from the Big Newt when the Bills have destroyed both the defending Super Bowl champions and the number one seed in the AFC from last season. How you living, Big Newt? Man, you're right, man. We destroyed them, bro. I I never would have thought that. I mean... I don't know how many people who, even people who thought that we'd be Super Bowl favorites would predict that, man. We we slaughtered two of the better teams in the NFL, and we're looking the part. And and, and I'll, I'll tell you, when we tuned on and we saw Marv Levy, where else would you rather be than right here, right now? I knew it was going to be a good night. Oh, man. So we always talk about three things we liked and three things we didn't like from the week that was. And I have to start off the top by telling you my favorite thing about the game was the the Bills legends coming out in force yes. for that game. Yes. You had Jim Kelly, you had Marv Levy, you had Bruce Smith there. And you know, Jim Kelly has been through hell and back. Marv Levy is 97 years old. He delivers that line while you can see Jim Kelly in the background screaming it out along with him to get the crowd hyped up. Yes. I mean, if you're not ready to run through a wall after that, do you have a pulse? And then <laughs> and then you got Marv looks great, man, for almost 100 years old. And Jim looks great considering everything he's been going through. But, man, what about Bruce Smith, man? I mean, I, I think you could put some pads on him and he could probably give you something on third down, bro. <laughs> he's got some guns on him, doesn't he? He looks incredible, man. I need to find out. We need to get in and find out. Uh, talk to John Fina and see if we, he got his number or something. We could f- talk to this guy and get on his workout plan. That guy looks phenomenal. Man, can you imagine if both of us start working out like Bruce Smith? Yeah, it probably wouldn't happen. I can't I can't see myself spending any time in the gym. It's it's hard to maintain this figure, and you definitely don't get there by exercising. Yeah, and I, and I, I can see myself in the gym. I just can't put the chicken wings and the beer down. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he don't eat none of that kind of stuff. So Now, he changed his lifestyle quite a bit while he was playing because he was up around 300 pounds when he came out of college. Mm-hmm. And in fact, in his senior portrait, he pulled his gut out to put it on display. And he ended up playing at a playing weight of about 270 when he was at his best. And he said, even back then, he was eating nothing but like fish and skinless chicken breasts. Yeah. A lot of people do that, man. And we've talked about this before. Uh, my buddy Joe Johnson, he his rookie year dude in 93 – he bloomed up to like 305, 306 pounds, and you could see it in his face, man. Oh. But when you come in in that kind of money, you coming from nothing, and then you come in kind of that, coming from uh, nothing, and then you get this kind of money. I mean, it's hard, you know. So rookies need to have a chef, or they have to have a plan, bro. And eventually, he did. He lost it and got back down to his optimal weight, which is probably about two two seventy five. 280 to play defensive end mm-hmm. and uh but yeah he changed his diet um one year he got a chef to come in and fi- prepare his meals that's smart yeah, his rookie year it was just whatever whenever you know right because 
you're still a kid at that point, right? And right. you've always been able to eat whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Changes, exactly. man. So the Buffalo Bills destroy the Tennessee Titans 41-7 to in a game that was over by halftime. And the Titans took out their starters at the end of the third quarter, as did the Bills. Right. When is the last time we saw that? That felt like, and they talked about this on Good Morning Football this morning, and I, I, I can't agree more. Watching the last two weeks, it felt like a college game. Yes. You know, like, I, I know you don't watch a whole lot of college football, but on Saturdays, man, I just sit here at the Jalen play, and I just sit here all the way until 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, the West Coast games, man. And it felt like a college game. Like, how often do you pull your starters, bro, in an NFL game? It almost never happens. It almost never happens, bro. And that's how bad we beat. And this is like, it's not like a, we beat a scrub like this. We beat the number one seed from last year like this. Now, granted, Tennessee got injuries. They lost A.J. Brown. I mean, they lost the a lot of good players. Right. They're not the same. They're not the same team. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just for us to be able to go out there and dominate them like that, and then put our backups in the whole like third, third or fourth quarters, it's just—I mean, I don't know if we've seen anything like it, man. That's why I'm like, whoa! I just—I I don't know this rare air that we're in. I don't—I don't know this territory, right? And the Bills were not playing at full strength. They were without Gabriel Davis. They were without right. uh, Ed Oliver, both starters. They were without uh, Settle who was a, a key backup. Yep. And then they suffered a bunch of injuries through the course of the game, and they never let up. It was really an impressive, impressive showing. And it just goes to show you that the efficiency that they have on offense is still able to overcome some of the sloppiness that they had early in the game. And once again, kudos to our GM, man. He needs to get GM of the year, man, because you can't you can't say enough to where about how this roster is constructed. I mean, like you said, we came into the game without Davis, without Ed Oliver, um, Tim Settles out, one of our key rotation uh, big guys. Then we lost Jordan Phillips. Um, mm-hmm. Matt Milano got a stinger. I mean, hopefully he he'll be able to play this week. Like a hide went like down. Like a hide went down, and then of course Dane Jackson. And I'm glad that we waited <sighs> to two o'clock to record the podcast. We would have did our normal time. We wouldn't know his status. And so as of our recording, we do know that uh, he's returned home and he's okay. Well, you know, obviously he was going to be okay. So I just feel like as long as it wasn't anything serious. From TV, you couldn't see. You know what I'm saying? They ain't like they zoomed in on them. You just kind of saw the crowd and then put them on the, amp, uh, the stretcher and stuff. And so um, I told my wife when I saw it, I was like, it, at, at best, this is going to at least be a next spring. You know what at, I'm saying? At best. At best. You know what I'm saying? So thank God that it wasn't anything more serious. And let's be honest. The way Tremaine Edmonds went in, shoulder to face, right? the way... Dane Jackson's head bent backwards is very unnatural. Exactly. And most people, that would have been more serious, you know. But once again, I'm sure he's a very flexible. Flexibility has a lot to do with it, too. Yes. You know, if that would have been me, that probably would have broke my neck. And I I have a pretty strong neck, but I'm just not flexible. Like, my neck wouldn't have given like that. So, um, 
thank God that he walked out of the hospital today and is at home resting. So uh, we're praying for a speedy recovery, but thank God it wasn't more serious. Yes. And I'm glad that we hit that right off the top because that was the thing that really scared me more than anything was, holy God, do we have a broken neck? It, a broken yeah. back. He was moving. We saw him moving his arms and that was great. But I was like, oh God, is can he move his legs? Well, I'm so glad that before they even departed, he was telling everybody that he was okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause I didn't see that. No, I, didn't I didn't see either. that. So, okay. So that means, that mean good. If you, cause I'd had to wait for, uh, Rut, Laura Rutledge to say it that, you know, before the end of the telecast, they said that, you know, he, he has moving in his extremities. So yeah, I, I just wait. found out today that he was telling people like he's like, oh, okay. no, I'm good, I'm good. Okay, good. Well, I didn't know that at that time. So I was like, oh my God. So um, but yeah, we wind up with it being and and obviously it's hard uh being on the field in that situation, seeing something that could be catastrophic and then trying to regroup and mm-hmm. uh play a football game. But I think it helps the fact that we blew them out too. Yes. Um, but obviously, and please don't take this the wrong way, obviously at that point. The game really doesn't matter. Um, but, yeah, you have to refocus and finish the game because that's your job. So they did a wonderful job doing that. Um, and kudos to them and their preparation and their medical staff and how they handle it. We got one of the best medical staffs in the NFL, bar none. Mm-hmm. And what happened in the very next play? That would be a Gregory Russo sack. Man. Yeah. yeah. Brought the crowd right back into it. Mm-hmm. So I – I I think we need to get some introductory music to go into our three things we liked and three things we didn't like, because wouldn't that just be a really nice touch? I think there would be. Yeah. I'll I'll figure something out. Okay. All right. So three things we liked, three things we didn't like. Buddy, start us off. Well, I'm I'm only, I did the three things I liked and didn't like last week. So I'm going to let you do this week. I have one thing that I did not like, and I'm going to talk about it. And this is this is going to tick up all my things that I don't like. Okay, okay. so I I'll start. What did I like, Stefan Diggs? You're missing a starter, his running mate Gabe Davis, and what does Diggs do? He goes out there and utterly flattens a talented secondary. Yes, he ran 26 routes on the day, and he was targeted on 34.6 percent of those passes. That's absolutely an insane amount because typically receivers are, it's a good day when they're targeted 10% of the time. He was also on the field a lot more than he was last week. He was on the field for almost 83% of the snaps. And of those routes that he ran, he was targeted 14 times, caught 12 passes for 148, three touchdowns. And man, at one point he made a rookie just lose his footing. Unbelievable. <laughs> when he turned him around on that touchdown, I think it was the second touchdown yes. where he ran, uh, he faked like he was going to the corner and then cut it back in the middle of the field. No one's there, man. That was beautiful. Yes. I, and it's funny, man. That's why I explain to my players all the time. As soon as you get that guy retreating, it's over, especially for somebody as good as uh, Stefan Diggs, man. Once they start bailing like that, they're going to get all twisted up, and he's going to get that. He's going to eat every time. <laughs> right. You know. Um, I can say on top of that, I will. you just reminded me of something then. I did like Jake Kumaro. Yeah. Um, without Gabriel Davis, 
he got uh, extra playing time. Got on a lot top of snaps. Of, uh, yep, on top of uh, him playing special teams. And so, uh, yeah, I think he had two catches for 50 yards, had a 39-yard mm-hmm. catch. So, hey, that's somebody who was on the bubble. We didn't even know it was going to make the team contributing, man. That's what I'm talking about. And he actually had more snaps than the two slot receivers combined. Yeah. Which, who saw that one coming in? So he had um, his snap count. He was on the field for just under 82% of all the snaps. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. What's he doing out there? Though one could also say that maybe this is also a good reason to sign another receiver because Jake Kummerow shouldn't be in the starting lineup when you have a single injury. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie and Crowder, I mean, I didn't even realize Crowder was out there until he was returning the punt. Oh, yeah. You know, I was like, he's been out there. Jalen was like, yeah, he's been out there. I'm like, oh, okay. Um so I feel like Isaiah McKenzie and Crowder are still jockeying um, for that slot position. Yeah. And, J- and Jake Kummerow is probably better for the boundary. Um, now, if Stefan Diggs would have been out instead of uh, Gabriel Davis, it might have been a different situation. Right. You know, right. so that's something to keep an eye on. But kudos to him, man. Fifth, sixth receiver out there making plays. Yes. Now, that's something that you like. Oh, let me – let me tell you something else that I liked. Okay. Brandon Bryant. Okay. Elevated from the practice squad. Yeah. Okay. I've got some statistics for you here. Give them to me. When Brandon Bryant was on the field, the Titans averaged only 1.5 yards per rush attempt. Hmm. When he was on the field. And then they even on the athletic, they break it down into every pairing. And the best pairings always included Brandon Bryant being on the field. When he was on the field with Jordan Phillips, they the Titans gained exactly zero yards on four rushes. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. And this dude was on our practice squad this time, well, 48 hours ago. Right. And then he got elevated. Him and... Um, C.J. Brewer. Brewer, yep. Him and Brewer elevated. Yeah, Brewer's stats didn't stand out too well. He's still a rookie, but Brandon Bryant may be making a case to stay on the active roster because if he keeps this up, somebody's going to steal him from the practice squad. Right. And we can't afford to lose that, so we gotta we gotta think of something. I I would say so. <laughs> Whoever somebody we don't need, we need to look at the depth chart and yeah, make sure we keep him active. I don't want to lose him. No. You know, he looks like he's way too talented right now. Now, I'd like to get into something that I didn't like from the game. Let me do mine first. Okay. What I did not like, and I spoke about it on Twitter, it drives me nuts every time, man. Fourth and one, or fourth and less than one, and you go shotgun. Do you remember that in the first quarter? Yep. We were four than one. They go shotgun. They didn't know what the play was. He act like he was rolling out and got sacked and threw it. It, it looked like the old Josh Allen, man. It looked mm-hmm. like old sugar high Josh Allen. Don't get now, don't that's the only bad thing of the day. No one's gonna be perfect. Just this we, we talk about this ad nauseum. 
statistically, it shows the numbers bear out that if you just snap the ball and fall forward, you're going to get the first down. And what perplexes me and why it angers me so much is we got a guy who right now is the best in the NFL, okay? But last week, he's stiff-arming guys. He's jumping over guys. He somersaulted over a guy yesterday, all right? But then you don't want to snap the ball and have him fall forward. Like, I don't get that. Somebody please explain it to me. Because <laughs> he would get it every time. He'd probably get more than a yard. But it's like every time we get to fourth and one, we want to go shotgun. So are they are they in the shotgun because they're trying to run an RPO? Is that basically it? They're trying to leverage against what the defense is trying to do to them? That, is that, that why? Could, that could be true, but my thing is it, that could be that that could be their identity. I get it. But my thing is when you do that, too many things could go wrong. You get a bad snap, somebody snuck the gap. We can't pick one guy up. Too many things could go wrong. Nothing could go wrong if you just direct snap and he fall forward. Because mm-hmm. literally to stop that, you would have to blow. You would have to blow Mitch Morris up into running into uh, Josh Allen and push him backwards, and that never happens. Because literally, all he had to do is take the step and hold the ball. Oh, like all, he don't even have to drive forward. All he had to do is take the step and reach forward. Mm-hmm. If everybody's like digging down, you know, barreling down, all you got to do is take the step and just jump over Mitch Moore's mm-hmm. or reach over him. And that's a yard because it's forward progress. I just, I just, for the life of me, don't understand. If it, if it's fourth and two, fourth and three, yeah, okay, I get it. But if it's fourth and two, fourth and three, we would have punted out of there. It's just too many things could go wrong when you go shotgun. And it happened last night. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one thing, and that just reminded me of another thing. We did the whole lineup, hut, 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 try to draw them off sides and all that stuff. So, You have feelings on this subject. But that's the only thing. That's the only <laughs> thing. Everything else was wonderful. I don't, I don't mean to be Debbie Downer. I just – that just – I don't know. That's I'm, just, I'm not a stickler about too many things, but I just don't understand why coaches do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, that's all. I'm so not unhappy. I'm very happy. Here's something that I'm going to nitpick. Okay. I did not like Khalil Shakir out there. His first play, he basically ran the wrong play. It was supposed to be a wide receiver screen, and he was supposed to block. Instead, he ran back also to catch the pass. Bad play. Later on, he was supposed to block on a running play, whiffed on his block, and then he had a drop. Dude. (laughs) Really? Okay. Yeah. So right. nitpicky, like yes, I am. I I didn't like something that came from a guy who wasn't even supposed to be on the field. That's how that's how good the team was. Yeah, I mean, I, well, if since we're nitpicking, then I probably thought James Cook was out there too soon. Oh uh, yeah, um, he doesn't he doesn't but, have the best vision, does he? Yeah, I don't. I mean, he busted the thirty three yard run. That was great. Eleven carries, fifty three yards, but. I think we're for I, I just once again now we're really nitpicking now just because we have a show and we got to talk about everything and the feel good stuff is gonna come, but I just feel like like and I said this last week I feel like he's getting in because he's a second round pick. I feel like GM like all right man look we gotta we gotta play our guys now I pick these guys we gotta play them mm. like I just when he first got in the game he got in before Zach Moss. 
Yeah, I think they I had do a, remember specific, that. a specific play that they wanted to run with him. But I, just don't, I don't see why. When, when you just, look at the, the running game as a whole, that seemed to be the only weakness on the team yesterday is that the rushing just wasn't there. 24 carries, 101 yards, and four yards a pop. You take away his 33-yard run is substantially less. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Singletary averaged 3.2 yards. Right. And now Moss was a little bit better, but Almost it six. didn't seem like something that you could that you could rely on. And, okay, Moss is more than a little bit better. He had 17 yards on three carries. But it, it wasn't moving the ball. And at one point, the Bills went 20 consecutive snaps without a run. Right. To a running back, that is. Yeah. So clearly it was not part of their game plan, even though I thought that's exactly what they were going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I just feel like we're forcing him into the lineup when he shouldn't because he's a high draft pick. And God bless him. I mean, he gets opportunities. It's just and, – and so far it hasn't mattered. Even when he fumbled last week, it really didn't matter because we ran away with the game. I'm just eager to see how this bears out when we get to a tough game, how they're going to do it. Because I just I, – once again, for the second week in a row – I think we needed Devin Singletary, six carries, 19 yards. Zach Moss, three carries, 17 yards. Those are two basically co-starting running backs had nine carries, and James Cook had 11. So I I would like to see Singletary and Moss more. Um, I I would too. But here's something that speaks to how bad the running game was. They broke a couple of long ones. Cook had a 33-yarder. Singletary had a 16-yarder. Moss had a 17-yarder. Right. Okay. Singletary had a total of 19 yards on six rushes. Zach Moss had a total of 17 yards on three rushes, and one of his was a 17-yarder. <laughs> right. So th- that lack of consistency is going to hurt you in the long run. I agree. I agree. Once we're able to get up, if we could just run the football and put the game away, have the clock running. But once again, but Josh Allen, though, is the extension – of the running game with his short passing, he had 38 pass attempts. Yeah. And a lot of those were like little three, four-yard hitches and squareings. And so I feel like a lot of those are like extended running plays, kind of. So mm-hmm. I am happy that Josh Allen only ran one time for 10 yards, though. Yes. And it was an exciting run at that. It was. It was. But mm, that's better than 10 rushes. So I'm happy about that. So let's stick with – the topic of running the football, mm-hmm. because another thing that I really liked about the game was the Bills rushing defense. Oh my gosh, they smothered Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry had 13 carries for 25 yards. That's 1.9 per carry. Have yeah. you ever did that before? Jeez the I know. <laughs> I, that, that is his worst running performance since 2019. Yeah. The Bills dominated the line of scrimmage. We did. It was unbelievable. We looked, and I said it last week, man, with the addition of Von Miller, man, I don't know. And I can't just say Von Miller, man, because we we have added Phillips. Um, We have added added Tim Settles and Jones. So, I mean, it, it isn't just Von Miller, man, but I tell you, bro, 
he's made Greg Rousseau valuable. Boogie Basham, mm-hmm. another thing, uh, another turnover uh, this week. So I just feel like he's elevated to play the whole D line. Man, it's it's fascinating. And Daquan Jones is very underrated because he's never going to make a lot of tackles, but the dude is tough. I know, right? He doesn't get moved off his spot very well, and that makes the other guys look that much better. Exactly. See, it, he is what we thought was the name was going to be for us the last couple of years. Well, Star? Star Latulale, you know? I think it's very telling that Star is out of the NFL now. Speaking of which, and I'm glad we waited to do it, you see your boy got picked up by Tampa Bay. Yeah, Cole Beasley. <laughs> Cole Beasley's back He's in the NFL. Reemployed. Yeah, because you see uh, uh, Tampa Bay's receiver got suspended for fighting, Mike yeah. Evans. So they picked him up. He's on the practice squad with the anticipation of him being elevated to the active roster. So well, kudos good. to him. I mean – I, you could do worse than having Tom Brady throw you the ball. Yeah. So I'm eager to see what he does. Can he come out and look serviceable? Or are you going to look like, you know? I, I, he'll, he'll be fine. I, I think he can play still. You know, it was a matter of him finding the, the right situation. And if I'm 33 years old and I've got enough money in the bank, I probably want to miss training camp too. Yeah. Slow player. Why not? I'm sure <laughs> right. he's in shape. I'm sure he's in shape. Yeah, these guys know how to keep their bodies where they need to be. Yeah. Unless you're uh, Carlos Williams. <laughs> he likes to eat, man. Don't, don't dog out Carlos Williams, man. <laughs> he likes to eat. Yeah, he sure do. <laughs> um, one final thing I didn't like, okay. and we've already touched on it, the injury bug. Yeah, the Bills yeah. have been one of the healthiest teams in the NFL over the past two to three seasons, and I keep waiting for them to regress back to the mean, and it looks like that's happening. The non-contact injuries are the ones that you have to worry about the most, like Jordan Phillips running down the field and then looking like he was shot by a sniper. Mm-hmm. He just dropped in the middle of the field. It's like, oh. There goes the hamstring. And, you know, those take a long time to recover. So he may be out for a month. He may not be the same player the rest of the year. That is true. Yeah. Um, But once again, man, hopefully Bryant can take that spot. Um, I don't know how long Ed Oliver is going to be out. To couple that with that, I'm eager to see with our injuries how quickly guys come back for this week because we got a tough one this week against Miami, man. That's where I'm going with this, my okay, friend. I'm sorry to take your thunder. I'm no, sorry. No, you didn't. That's what I've been thinking about. Like oh, You, you didn't take my thunder, but yes, it, it's got to be in the back of your mind, right? Yeah, man, especially how Tua, Tua's looking, man, at the QB position. And I, I ain't going to lie, man. When, we, when uh, Dane got caught it off, I'm like, oh, boy, now both the rookies are going to be in. And uh, right. don't get me wrong, Kyler Elam did a great job when he did come in because I noticed that uh, uh, Beffer started. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, okay, he's doing a good job. Now now you got two rookies in there. And I'm thinking they were really going to take advantage of that and try to attack them because, you know, Elam got the grabby sometimes. Um, but they didn't. I mean, they both played uh, They played well. We held them seven points. So uh, 
But I don't think Miami were going to be as fortunate, man. They got speed on top of speed at the wide receiver spots now. Yeah, I will be the first to admit that Robert Woods is no Tyreek Hill. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And if if people don't aren't aren't aware because they don't follow the Dolphins, the Dolphins had a twenty one point comeback in the fourth quarter of their game against the Ravens, who are by all accounts a good team. And then Tua started chucking the ball. He finished yeah. the game with four hundred seventy yards and six touchdowns. And people oh, are saying. Man. Oh, well, the Ravens, they had injuries at defensive back. Yes, they did. But do you know how many quarterbacks have thrown for over 450 yards and had six touchdowns in a game since 1950? Only a few? Nine total. Nine, okay. Nine total. So do you mean to tell me that the Ravens are the only team that have been missing a bunch of defensive backs in the NFL over the past 72 years? No, <laughs> I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case either, man. You, it's hats off the tour, man. He, everybody doubted him, and if you would have told me three or four weeks ago he'd have a game like this, I would have told you you're crazy. I really admit it, man. I, I will, I will be the first person to tell you I'm wrong. I will tell you I'm wrong before you call me out and tell me I'm wrong. There's no way I would have thought that he played at the level he played on Sunday. So, um. We don't know how – I will say we don't know how good Baltimore's defense is. Statistically, they're at the bottom now, of course, because of what sure. Miami did to them. But, um, but also the Rams and uh, – <laughs> also the Rams and uh, wasn't they going to be at the bottom for what we did to them in right. because of what we did to them. So the numbers bear out as uh, the season goes. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm going to see us go up against this uh, – Good offense. Right now, they're number two in offense, and we're number three. Right. And so our and defense is in the top five. So I'm I'm eager to see what he do against us. It is going to be interesting because the Dolphins have built a, a track team on offense. Yes. And with Raheem Mostert at running back two, that guy's fast. Mm -hmm. uh, Chase Edmonds, it, the running back, he's fast. And you know Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill are you know about as quick as they get, but also they have an interesting offensive system where they're not demanding that Tua make a lot of deep throws. Right. They're doing exactly what they should do, allow him to use his accuracy, mm -hmm. get it to his fast dudes in ways where they can make something happen with the run after the catch. This is not the Dolphins team from a couple of years ago. This is a team that looks explosive. And if you're a Bills fan, you should be a little bit concerned about this, especially with all the injuries on defense, right? Yeah, we're only, I believe we're only like two point favorites, man. So unlike last night, we were 10 point favorites. So now it's starting to come down. Now, I don't know what the weather's going to be like. I didn't look it up. I'm sorry, but I'm sure it's going to be hot. Of course. Um, in Miami, you know, say end of September. So hopefully we get down there early, get acclimated to it. But it's gonna be hot down there. So uh I'm I'm eager to see it, man. I mean, I've been eager the last couple of weeks, but uh I don't think a lot of people thought that my I mean, we thought Miami would be good. I mean, I feel like both of us thought that Miami would be a playoff team. Mm -hmm. Um, but 
in the driver's seat. If they beat us this week, they'll be in the driver's seat for the AFC East. Who would have thought that? Yeah, that you know? that's a little bit shocking. But right. I, I think the Bills I think the Bills are still a better team. But, you know, as is always said, that's why they play the games though. Right. The the breaks can go your way, the breaks can go the other team's way. I, I would say a a one game series isn't a, a real telltale sign as to who the better team is. However, I think the Bills need this game. It's not so? a must win by any chance, by any stretch. But I think they need to win this to set the tone to let Miami know, hey, we're still the big brother. I don't at all. No? No. Like I said, I mean, it's since we've always been on this pod for two years, I always look at games in four game implements, mm-hmm. increments. I'm sorry, um, that's how I look at. It. So I don't look at one singular game as a must win. I just look at it like the first four games. You want to win three of them. Yeah, you see what I'm saying. So that that's how I look at it. Like so, no. Yeah, you do that, you get to twelve or thirteen wins. Exactly, that's how I look at it. So, because and, and and also it allows you not to get so up and down off because that's what make NFL so much better than uh, college in that way. Where one game don't mean anything. Hell, two games don't mean nothing in college for, in uh, pro football. Mm-hmm. Just because t- Tennessee's on two now, that don't mean that they ain't gonna make the playoffs. Right, they could you know, definitely make the playoffs. They could end up being a Super Bowl team. Right, look at Cincinnati last year. You know, just because Cincinnati on two, do we not think? I mean, they made it to the Super Bowl last year. So I just that's that keeps you more even keeled. You don't go with the ebbs and flows. Like, oh my God, this guy's for it. And it isn't like college football. Like once once we lost Ohio State, my season. Obviously, I'm talking about Notre Dame now. Once. Once we lost to Ohio State week one, I knew our season's over. Then we came back and lost to Daggum Marshall. Right? <laughs> so then now it's like, Dad okay, it's really Marshall. over. Daggum Marshall. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so now it's really over. And then we squeaked by, we squeaked by uh, uh, Cal on Saturday. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, Cal. I'm like, I don't care. I watched it. <laughs> I was on my phone most of the time. I could care less because I know we're not going to play for the championship. And so everybody, well, well, you're not a real fan if you look at it like that. I'm like, no, that's just my expectations now. Just like soon, my expectations are going to be like that for the Buffalo Bills. Uh-huh. I'm not going to care about the regular season. Like, if you ask Patriot fans after that third, fourth, fifth Super Bowl, do they care about the regular season? They don't care. It's about it's all about the playoffs, but that's where you want to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Don't get me wrong. I'm going to watch the game. I'm going to enjoy it, but I'm not going to live and die for games like we used to. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So now it's kind of like, yeah, I want to win. I, I I love for us to win. And everybody like, oh, man, they look the part. We dominate. We stomping out people and stuff. Like, we look formidable. Because I think it, I think psychologically it's going to help you. Just like in a couple of weeks we play Kansas City. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So go beat Kansas City, which we did last year when we almost beat them in the playoffs. So I think a lot of it is more psychological. I don't think it's a psychological thing with Miami. Like I feel like like I'm I think Miami is looking at and this is why I disagree with you. I just think Miami's probably looking at this more than we're looking at this. Yes. That's and what, and that's, that's why I mean. I'm thinking the way I am, because they've had this date circled on their schedule since the schedule came out. They want this game because to them, they're setting this up in their minds like it's a one game season. Like, hey, they're the best. If we can't beat the best. 
boy, what are our chances? Well, kick him. Kick him like you would your little brother who decides he's been shooting baskets out in the driveway and he thinks he's got a pretty good jump shot now and he wants to take you on. You're still a few years older than he is. You are going to swat that crap right back in his face and say, keep working on it, little man. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just, I don't know. It's a long season. Yeah. I just, I just gained one game. I mean, it'll be great to win, but I just feel like eventually we, I would love to say we're going to go undefeated. Although we're 2 0, I don't think we're going to go undefeated. Um, and once again, we have a lot of injuries, and I don't want to make excuses, but I can I can see us losing this game this weekend. I don't want us to. Uh, where we're playing, I would love to squish the fish, mm-hmm. but I it is it's hard, man. It's a long season, man. So it's 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 it's, it's gonna be hard. So <laughs> you know that's that's all I mean. And like I said, it's gonna be hot. We're gonna be without guys. Um, so we got the Dolphins this week, and then we got the Ravens. So that'll be four games. So in my mind, I'm like, as long as we win one, we can split. Beat mm-hmm. the Ra- and preferably maybe the Ravens because we might go to that game. Well, I know you're going to the game, but definitely going to the game. Yeah, so I'd rather you. beat Lamar. You know what I'm saying? But the price of those tickets, man. Come He'll on, come I down. Gotta mor- I gotta mortgage my house. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm not but worried then, about where you live. And then the next four you can games, sleep on my uh, you can sleep on my couch. Yeah, until like your wife get mad because I'm snoring like a bear downstairs. No, man, you have your CPAP. Yeah, I still wheeze a little bit. Yeah. And so the next four games that I had is Steelers, Chiefs, Packers, and Jets. Yeah, so it gets easier. It gets easier. The Jets, I mean, hey, you know, although Flacco looked good this week, I don't <laughs> see them beating us. Uh, Packers, man, your boy Aaron, Aaron Rodgers looks frustrated with his receivers. But yeah. that's what happens when you take up $50 million of the cap. Yep. See? You know? Um, you could have taken less money and kept Devontae Adams. Like our boy did. And that's and I'm bringing this up because I'm, I'm arguing with my friends about, oh, you need to pay Lamar. You need to pay Lamar. Well, that defense don't get any better. You can pay Lamar. You still ain't going to win anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that's why I always say when you pay somebody, man, you better have a good GM. I keep echoing it, but people don't listen to me. Oh, pay Lamar, pay Lamar, the best thing. Okay, pay him. I mean, you still ain't going to win nothing. <laughs> and that's why I like, look at Josh Allen. Once, and we talk about this, I'm going to re, uh, uh, remind everybody, we talked about this last week. Uh, right now, Josh Allen's number six. Okay, QB salary, right? Mm-hmm. Once, once your boy from Cincinnati get paid, and then uh, Herbert get paid, he's gonna be like number ten, and then Lamar gonna get paid, he's gonna be like number ten. Yes, he is. So yeah. I will take an MVP quarterback. I mean, look, as long as knock on wood, as long as Josh, it's his award to lose. It's yeah, his right award now. To lose. Yeah. So as long as he keep doing what he's doing, he's gonna win MVP because he's the you know he's the front runner right now. He also is the type of guy who puts up the the highlights that you talk about all the time. You, you right. You have to have a season defining play, and he does that exactly. Just like once again, the Heisman moment. You got to have a Heisman moment, and he's doing it. You mm-hmm. know. And don't get me wrong, Tua, I don't think Tua has done it long enough, but, I mean, he keep throwing six touchdowns. I mean, yeah, but your name has to be there. Like, so right now, everybody say he's going to win it, and he hasn't done anything to disparage that. So, you know, The only thing that I think is going to stand in the way 
is film because this is a new offense. Nobody knows how Ken Dorsey calls plays. Nobody knows how Ken Dorsey designs plays. But after the first three, four games of the year, teams are going to start to pick up on the tendencies there. That is true. don't think that the Bills are going to continue putting up points at the same rate that they have been because teams are going to get wise to the Ken Dorsey offense. And they're going to eventually try to make Josh Allen do things he don't want to do. Right. So that's kind of part of it too. So we'll see. I mean, right now, and I wanted to talk about Ken Dorsey and uh, at the end of the game, right, where he pushed, got his papers and pushed his chair in and, and left the uh, press box and everything. That was awesome. I know, right? <laughs> so, but uh, I, I, I want to reserve it for another month before I evaluate him, but so far, so good, man. But you're right. The film isn't out on him yet. Uh, but so far, so good, man. He's putting up big points. But everything levels out after 17 weeks. So we'll see. It does, see. doesn't it? Yeah, always do, man. Always and, do. And even if it's not level, it, it certainly has rearranged itself. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do want to I, I give a, a, a bonus shout-out to uh, Tremaine Edmonds, who, despite almost killing Dane Jackson, probably had the best game I've ever seen him play. Yeah, he did. He yeah. did, man. And, and not only Tremaine, man, Matt Milano, man, dropping back in coverage. Oh, yeah. Pick six. They they balled the team, out, bro. The team just played great. And <sighs> we if they keep playing like this, this is the damn Super Bowl champs. Yeah. But they and have to be able to keep it up. And that's why I'm like through the thank playoffs. You, thank you, Jesus, for Leslie Frazier coming back. Because we, we're on borrowed time with him. Somebody's going to give him an opportunity to be head coach again. That's why I'm like, just please win one while we have him, while mm-hmm. we have the continuity, before we have to start over with somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I totally agree. I totally agree. What about Philly last night? Did you – what two Monday night games, what do you think about that last night? Oh, that was so stupid. Okay. <laughs> I understand you have games opposite of each other on uh, on Sundays, but you don't go into the split screen and do that stupid crap. Yeah, that drove me. And my thing is, if you're going to do it, do it like you usually do it, make it a West Coast game that starts yeah. after our game. Don't do it an hour and a half after our game starts. That, that was weird, but hopefully that was just a one-time thing. Because I, I was interested in seeing uh, – the Vikings against Eagles, even though the Eagles dismantled them. Um, and Jalen Hurst looks the part, but he does. Yeah. He looks yeah. really good. And the Vikings, after looking so good in week one and me saying, yeah, they're my dark horse. Oof. <laughs> they were terrible. And a week after I got done saying that Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback, he looked awful. Yeah. Ebbs and flows in the NFL. But that's one thing. That's always kind of been Kirk Cousins' MO, though. Inconsistency. Inconsistency. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he'll look like an MVP, but then he'll have a stinker. So, you know, that's him. (sighs) Man, the NFL has been a lot of fun through two weeks. It has, man. It has. Well, buddy. 
Well, hold on. Before you cut me off, you know you cut me off abruptly last week. Because oh, I sure some, did. You had some stuff to do. So there's a couple of points I need to make before you cut me off, man. You got to give me my time, bro. You feel like you haven't had enough time yet, huh? I, no, 40, what, we 45 minutes in, still ain't, <laughs> still ain't had enough time to get to my, you know, Newt's takes, man, you know? Okay. I got I got the Newt's takes. Take, take it know? away, Newt. So I don't know if you saw, we have a Facebook page um, for our DC Bills backers. Mm-hmm. And uh, our friend, our good friend, Matt, I got to, you know, cite his work. Matt um, Dermody. Good, yep, that boy Dermody. So... They were talking about um, Greg had po- our leader Greg Greg Wall uh, posted that uh, somebody had said if you weren't watching the Buffalo Bills when Russell Salvatore was buying all them tickets to make sure the game wasn't blacked out, don't claim you're part of Bills Mafia now. Okay, mm-hmm. so then Matt said basically I'm not gonna read the whole thing, but Matt basically said. It's funny satire, but please don't be the people who run off people who want to be fans. We need Bill's Mafia basically to live on after our generation, so we need new fans. Mm-hmm. And so everybody's like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, more the merrier and all this stuff. So what do you think Newt said? <laughs> Newt said. What do you think Newt said? Newt said, get out to the porch with all that noise. I was like, get the hell out of here with all that. And you know we love Matt. That's our that's our brother, man. You know yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. So this, all, but I was like, I had to, I had to respectfully and politely disagree. And I want to use my platform to talk about it. Okay. All right. And I wanted to talk about this last week. And so before Matt, Matt just posted that this was just today. So I wanted to talk about it last week. So one of Jalen's friends, his dad is a diehard Cowboys fan, right? Mm-hmm. And so he told me last week, and then I was going to talk about this last week. We didn't have time. He told me, man, I'm a, when we beat uh, the Rams, he was like, man, I'm giving up on the Cowboys, bro. I'm going to come to Bill's Mafia. And everybody like, yeah, yeah. You know, the coach like, yeah, man, Buffalo doing good and all that. And I'm just sitting there looking at him, and I'm just like, mm, I, I'm not high-fiving you, brother. Like, I'm never going to high-five you. Like, I only know you as a Cowboy. So I think, and I don't know if this is what Matt was talking about, but the more the story is, I I can imagine – if I know you as a fan of another team and then now you say you like you're part of Bill's Mafia, I can't respect that. I can't respect that. Hmm. And so I wanted to get your take on that. Like, do you respect somebody? Like, it's cool if you like a team. Like, you can say, yeah, new. I like how y'all play. Yeah, y'all like my second, third team. I like watching y'all. Then I can respect it. But for you to be a cowboy or you to be a patriot or you to be a Raiders fan and now you say you part of Bill's Mafia, to me that's almost like you being in a fraternity and then you saying you in another fraternity now. I see it a bit differently. Okay. And when your team is bad as the Bills were for a long, long time, they don't get any national exposure. Yes. So it ends up becoming strictly regional. But now we have different media coverage, and our media coverage can give you 24-7 on any team that you want. But what ends up happening is they will talk about the better teams more frequently. And what is one of the hallmarks of a good team? Winning, but a lot of times there's something exciting about them. And the Buffalo Bills are one of the most exciting teams 
that we've seen in many years. The Chiefs are incredibly exciting. The Chargers are exciting. You know, we're, we're seeing a lot of that right now. And what's going to happen when a team gets more exposure and they're fun to watch, people are going to start gravitating toward that. So it takes you out of being strictly a regional fan base and starts to nationalize it a little bit. Now, with children, children are more fickle and they like to chase the winners. And I I understand how that goes. Adults, do you mean to tell me that an adult does not have an ability to change their allegiance based on what is giving them more enjoyment? No. Not but, <laughs> and, and, and I'm gonna tell you why. Listen, because it might be people listening to our pod. And I I get it if you switch. It's just with me, my like my identity is my teams. So I can't I can't imagine like like okay, what like I've known you for how many years now? I've known you since 06, 07. Yeah. I know you known you for 15 going on 20 years. You've always known that I like Notre Dame football, right? Yes. Okay, so what if I told you I'm a Bama fan now? Now I'm all about Bama. And so you'll be like, well, no, I thought you were like Notre Dame. No, man, they don't win enough for me. I'm, I'm all, I'm rolled, rolled damn tight. <laughs> sweet, I'm playing Sweet Home Alabama. Sweet Home Alabama. Roll tide, roll. I'm doing that stuff around you. <laughs> what, what would you say? You see what I'm saying? Like, to me, that's weird. Uh, you know, when you put it that way, I would probably say that seems wildly inconsistent. When are you going to hop off the Bills bandwagon? And, see, exactly. You would question me. Exactly. So why are everybody getting mad at me? Because I'm calling it out. Now, it, granted, I'm not a, I'm not an a-hole. I, but but when that coach said it, he's my buddy. I just looked at him like, okay, I will never identify you as a Bills Mafia. Or well, I ain't gonna say never. You'd have to to me. You'd have to be like it's like a fraternity. You had to be doing online for about five years. You wear our jerseys, go to games, learn the history, and then five years from now, if you still around, I'll probably high five you then and acknowledge you as part of Bills Mafia. Well, you know, if you're going to accept them, then. There, there is a process that they that they will have to go through, and frankly, I think that Bills Mafia has room for everybody who wants to be there and is willing to cheer their ass off for the team and take the losses hard and cheer hard for the wins and contribute in a positive way to the social media conversations, and especially if they want to listen to this show. <laughs> Way to be politically correct and throw me under the bus at the same time. Yeah. Well, you said you're not an a-hole, but yeah, you are. <laughs> Way to bring me back around. Okay, that's fine. Hey, right. you know, usually usually when we do the good cop, bad cop thing, you're the good cop. So exactly. You know, and this you can is, make me I'd be the bad guy. That's fine. So this that's gives fine. me a great opportunity uh to say Big Newt is an A. He's an a-hole. I He's a big you. donkey. No problem. <laughs> um, but one thing I did say on the post was the fact that it does affect our lives because now it's harder to get tickets. Like we talking about going to that Baltimore game. You know what I'm saying? So now with more people yes. jumping on the bandwagon and more Fairweather fans coming along, it does affect our lives because now it's going to be extremely hard, not just because we're winning, but because now is not enough tickets. And so now those nosebleed tickets are $200. 
Yeah. So I'm used None to us like. not being good, and you get a ticket for fifty dollars. Like you know what I'm saying. So part of it is come winning, but some of it is because now people jumping on the bandwagon. And then number two, I'm gonna finish with this. And then number two is also um, the fact that what made us special. What I always used to say was, "I love y'all." Right? I love, it, and we talk about this all the time. Going back. When we were losing, only thing I cared about, I used to go to the bar to watch the game to be around you all. Because you all, those 10 people in that bar that was watching Buffalo when we were 6 and 10, I knew you cared as much as I did. Mm-hmm. So that's how serious I take it. Now, everybody don't take it seriously like me. I get it. I, I understand that. I know I'm more diehard than a lot of people. And it's probably a good thing that most people don't have to go on meds after Bill's losses. That That's true. That's healthy. <laughs> I'm probably un, I was probably an unhealthy fan. Now, granted, I'm different now. But, yeah, back then. So I always respected the fact. I always hung my hat on the fact that we had sellouts when we were 6 and 10. And mm-hmm. other stadiums were half full, but they claimed that they're the best fans in the NFL. Hell no. We were the best fans. And so now we're getting, I just do, it's kind of like at your job, you put in all this work and then this new guy comes and he make more money than you and he ain't put in no kind of work at your job. Mm-hmm. That's how I look at it. Okay. That's how I look at it. Like, no, I've been here the whole time. I put in the work. Now I'm happy. Now you want to come along and get the same and act like you got the same joy I got. No, you don't know the depths of the misery that I've been through. Only Jamie D knows that. Only uh, Nicole knows that. Only Stacy knows that. Only Greg knows. It's only eight or nine people that knows these depths that I've been through. Man, I... <laughs> I hear you. Do I sound crazy now? I think I sound crazy. No, okay. I, I, I. you make a solid point. I, I, like Chris Rock says, I don't condone it, but I understand it. Okay, that's fair. I can live with it. <laughs> All right, before we go, last thing. I was reading an article in GQ magazine. How tall are you? Uh, 5'11", 6 feet. Okay, five, let's say 5'11". All right. Have you ever wanted to be 6'2", 6'3"? Yeah. Would you pay seventy five grand to be six three? No. Okay. And if you did have an extra hundred grand to pay, number two, would you allow me to break both of your legs to be six three? No. Okay. It's a fascinating article. I challenge you to. Maybe I'll post it on Twitter. It's an article in GQ magazine. You could do a procedure where you break your legs. You pay seventy five grand. They uh, insert these rods, and then every three months, these rods expand and give you a few more inches. And it's supposedly incredibly painful. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, That is something that I know that they had been using on little people, and I always wondered if that was ever going to make its way over to people that didn't have that handicap and here we are yes why don't you just wear shoes with risers it's widely popular like and it's growing and it's growing please go read the article man if you got an extra 10 15 minutes man it's and matter of fact i will i'll post it on twitter man it's it's incredible my wife brought it to me, man. I was we went to the eye doctor today. I was just I wasn't even paying attention to the doctor. I was just reading that article on my phone. I thought it was crazy. So like, I take it you wouldn't do that. Well, I'm six foot. So only way, only reason why I would want to be six three was for if you would have told me this twenty, I mean 
25 years ago, I'm like, yeah, because I figured if I got to be 6'3", then I, maybe I could get a chance in the NFL. Oh, uh, okay. But just socially, no. Because I'm I'm much taller than my wife, so I don't don't, don't bother me. But they sold statistics about uh, how taller you are, the more money you make, and and obviously is dating people doing dating because it's, it's more of a cosmetic procedure, right? Of so course. It's, it's like women getting breast implants and stuff. So um, I found it fascinating, but no, I don't, I don't, I don't go to bars and I'm not dating or nothing like that. So. Well, I got to tell you, I I know a lot of women who who point to a man's height as being his most attractive characteristic. And I know this absolutely gorgeous woman who would date pretty much any guy she met who was 6'4 and above. Nothing else about him mattered. And she went out with some of the some dudes that were like... There were some of the ugliest, weirdest guys. There was one in particular. She's like, oh, I'm going on a date with this guy. And she points him out. I'm like, I'm looking at this guy. And the only thing I can picture coming out of his mouth is the word derp. He just had like a (laughs) derp, derp, derp face. And I asked her how it went. She's like, not very good. He spent 45 minutes talking about his lactose intolerance. Oh, geez. <laughs> oh, geez. I'm like, that serves you right. Now, if, if to me, if, if you were incredibly short, I guess I will understand it more. But to go from six foot to six three or six four, I don't know about that one. Now, if you're five five, because the article talked about guys like they were five five, they going to five eight five nine. I guess I could get it because you're going from short to at least average. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So I, I understand. It's just, oh my Would God. Would that make your arms really out of proportion? And that's what it says. It says the only thing is you're going to be disproportionate. Like your uh, legs are going to be wrong. Like you can't stretch your torso. You're not stretching your arms. You're only stretching your legs. So they said when you get naked, you're going to look odd. <laughs> so that's what you got to keep in mind. And it might hinder your athletic performances too. Well, I would say so. So, so they like your it's like you break your legs, so you might not be as fast, you might not have the same dexterity and all that stuff. So yeah. It's purely cosmetic. It's purely to go to the bars and say, Hey, I'm not six foot anymore, I'm six three, or I'm not five eight no more, I'm five I mean six one. So wow. I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. It's quite a commitment to something superficial. Yeah. So anyway. Big game this week, man. Let's take a squish the fins, man. And as always, after a big win. Hey, 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 hey. Shout out to Sal Capaccio. 